I'm going to ask for a little bit of audience participation right off the bat. If you've had one of those weeks, just stand up. A little bit of pressure, a little bit of something unexpected. You weren't sure why it happened or what happened. Yeah, or if you can't stand, raise your crutch. There we go. There was one of those, one of those weeks. Okay. I like to know I'm in good company when I, when I do this. Um, y'all can go ahead and sit down. I've done one of those things, almost the equivalent of praying for patience. Um, I decided I would preach on, the, on pressure, the pressures of life. And uh, boy, it's been a crazy week. I shared with the worship team this week on Thursday. I just said, man, there's just been things every day. There's something that has come up that just was a little more pressure on my week. That I, It wasn't my plan. They weren't necessarily bad days or horrible things. But they weren't my things. They weren't what I wanted it to be. It was just these unexpected little hiccups. And, you know, it's funny how this month we're looking at how we can experience God while under pressure. And, and I've been under pressure in a few areas this week. I know that, that everyone in this room at, at some point is under some type of pressure. And some of us all the time, maybe your work is a stressful environment and you're under pressure at work to perform or to, to make sure the deadlines are always met or to get things done uh, or to lead people through. I don't know what pressure you face. And I know that we're not all facing the same pressures. And as we just showed, the, the point of that little, that little exercise right there was to show that we're not all facing pressure at the same time, which is good because when I'm facing pressure, I need some of you who aren't to be praying and pulling me through and, and vice versa. So that's, that was the point of that. But, you know, the book of James does a nice job highlighting some pressures that we all are going through or will go through or have gone through. So everybody in the room is all together now. Okay, we have gone, will go or are going through pressures right now. And my goal this month with this series is to show how we can experience God through pressures. But more than just experience him through these pressures, I'm hoping that this series will show us how we can honor God through the pressures of life and the things that come our way. This month, we're going to talk about the pressures of trials. We're going to talk about everyone's favorite pressure, which is the pressure of temptation next Sunday. I shouldn't have said that because nobody's going to show up. But we're going to talk about temptation next week. Um, We're going to be talking about uh, the pressure of partiality. Eh, I do care. Eh, I don't care. Not a big deal. There's pressure there. We're going to talk about the pressure of our words and the pressures that are in our relationships. So that's where we're headed this month. There are many things that pressure us. That's life. Life is pressure. But how we react to those pressures is what shows the world um, that we live in who we serve. If You see, your reaction to the pressures around you is your reflection to what's most important in your life. I'll say that again. That's tweetable, by the way. Your reaction to the pressures around you is your reflection of to what's most important in your life. As we go through this series, I want you to keep that in mind. And as you go through some of your pressures in the coming month, think about who does your reaction to pressure reflect the most? When when these things happen, these unexpected things or these pressures that you weren't looking for happen, when trials start to squeeze you, do you reflect the world with your reaction Do you reflect yourself or your perceived needs and desires? Or do you take these opportunities to experience and honor God and be a reflection of Him through the pressures and the trials in life? Will you pray with me? Father God, I know that right here in this room are many people that are at different places with with the pressure of trials in their lives. Um, The good news is, Lord, you know the outcome of these things and you know that, that if we honor you through these times that that it's going to work out to your glory. I pray that you'll, you'll give us the faith to do that. It's, it's hard to, to stand firm when we may not know the outcome 
of a pressure or of a trial. But Lord, I pray you give us the strength, physical and spiritual, to stand firm on the foundation of your son and know that these things will work out. I pray that you'll open our hearts to your word, that we, when we're done here today, we can walk out of this building and live being a reflection of you no matter what trial we're going through, no matter what is pressuring us. But the reflection we give will be that of you and, and not of ourselves or not of our, our own greed or our own ill will towards something. I pray that you'll just uh, bless us with your word today. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. You know the old saying, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. You know, that's easy to say when you're the one that's holding a basket of fresh fruits and a bag full of steak. When I've got all this abundance and life gives you lemons, it's easy for me to say, ah, when life gives you lemons, just make lemonade. As I said this past week, I've been praying this message. It seems like everybody that I've talked to is holding a bag of lemons. People in our community are struggling to keep their jobs, to pay bills, well, you know, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. I talked with three people this week who are dealing with some kind of cancer. Well, you know, when life gives you lemons, now you're getting it. I've talked with people in our community about all kinds of stuff, the, the trials, the things that are happening in their life. Well, when life gives you lemons, some of the people I've talked to their experiences, their trials would be great illustrations for how to experience God through the pressures of trials and how some of them are standing firm during these times. But I promised I would maintain the confidence of their trials, so I'm out of good illustrations for you. But you know, hey, when life gives you lemons, yeah. Now you may be wondering, where's this example in Scripture of when people made lemonade with their lemons? I'd like to know who did that. I'll tell you, the Bible is full of people who were dealt hard hands. But through faith in God and through perseverance, they made sweet lemonade. I'm going to list out a few for you. You can check it out on your own time. Job, he was one. Joseph, Moses, Ruth, Hannah, David. There are many more. The list is long. But each one of these people uh, were not only to experience God, through their trials, but they were able to honor God through their trials. The Bible is full of people who moved from victim to victor because they chose to allow their reactions to be a reflection of God. And so I don't know what you're going through right now, but you don't have to be victim any longer. You can be victor by allowing your reaction to be a reflection of God. In James chapter 1, we find a good game plan for not only overcoming trials, but for finding joy even in the middle of those terribly unfair trials that we talked about earlier. But it all starts with experiencing God and choosing to honor Him through these trials. Go ahead and turn to James chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. I told the college group earlier today, I said, I've only got four scriptures, four verses today that I'm preaching from. from and they were like, yeah, we'll be done in like 10 minutes. And no. There's a lot to say on these four verses. So, James chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in dispersion. Greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now... There are two basic problems that I can see when we encounter trials. They are, first of all, you don't typically expect them. 
Trials are not something we expect. They're things that, that happen along the way of life. And the second one is, my experience anyways, when it happens, they just seem to surround you. You very rarely just have a trial. There's like a series of trials, you know. My granny used to say, bad things happen in three. So I quit hanging out with her because I didn't like that. <laughs> I love you, granny, but, you know, I'm kidding. I didn't quit hanging out with her. You don't expect them, and they just surround you. James tells us right here, he says, hey, trials are inevitable. Christian, it's not if you will face trials, it's when you will face trials. And just so you know, they come in all shapes and sizes. Speaking of shapes and sizes, trials, when they're, when they're headed at us, and, and there's, there's truly nothing. Have you ever had one of those things where there's, there's something coming at you, a trial, you know it's coming, and there's nothing you can do about it. And, and sometimes that happens. They're, they're a lot like getting hit in the face with a water balloon at close range, more so than life giving you lemons. It's like life giving you a water balloon to the face. And I actually found a video clip of what this would look like for us. And this is a slow, there's no sound, just so you know. Don't, don't want anybody going, I don't hear anything. Just watch this because it's really cool. It's a slow motion video clip of somebody getting hit in the face with a, a water balloon at like point blank range. I've broken it down into three segments to represent how trials work for us. The first segment that you're going to see is the balloon, I mean the trial, coming at you hard and fast, except it's in slow motion. Watch this. That's you, by the way, with the bald head. That's you. Watch your face. Yeah, here it comes. You see it? It's coming. Oh, yeah, here it comes. That's a big water balloon. All right. All right, is the suspense killing you yet? Yes. This is how it is, though. You, you see it coming, or, or, or it starts to happen. The trial starts to happen, and you're like, there's no way to avoid this. Listen, trials can be anything. They can be sickness. Maybe not your sickness, but the sickness of another person in your family. They can be persecution. persecution. Even Jesus suffered. So suffering for Jesus is to be expected by his followers. Any other kind of trouble, there's adversity, there's affliction, there's financial hardships, bad news, difficult people, hard circumstances, troubled relationships, broken cars, cars that run out of gas, but you think they're broken, layoffs. There could be any number of things that happens. I read an opinion about trials this past week that I disagree with because in this list, the writer actually added that temptation was a trial. And I got to tell you, I disagree with that because in my humble opinion, yes, the early stage of a temptation is a trial. But when you act on a temptation, it's no longer a trial. It's a choice. OK, now, typically it, it is a choice that when, when it's seen all the way through to the end, it's going to bring trials to the people that you care about and the people that are around you and your loved ones as a consequence for your choice. That was a spoiler alert for next week, by the way. We'll get into that when we talk about the pressures of temptation. But I want to make that separation. There's a difference between trials, the pressure of trials, and the pressures of temptation. Trials, you really can't control. They happen. Temptation always comes down to being a choice. The reality is this, though. Trials, they seem to come in fast, and they just wrap themselves around us. Like I said earlier, and sometimes it's almost suffocating, kind of like the next step in this water balloon to the face video. Yeah. You ever feel like that? You ever had a trial that just engulfed you 
And you're like, what do I do? I can't even tear out of this. It's, it's darkness. It's heavy. It's, it's hurt. It's, you look like this sometimes. You don't know it. You're walking into church some days. You look just like this. I'm like, how you doing? You're like, how doing, dude? No, you're not. We're hurt. We're stuck with trials. They come in fast. Listen, I listed out some of those trials, and we can agree that most trials come at us just like this water balloon. It's coming, and you can't duck out, and it's going to just wrap you up in it. And, and so what do you do? James says, first off, consider it pure joy. <laughs> Thanks, James. I appreciate that. What? Are you kidding me? How is that joy on any level? He says, consider it pure joy. Now, the reference to joy, it's the first phrase in verse 2. And joy is not necessarily my first attitude when trial is coming at me. Or when I run aground, when when you fall into a pit, our instincts are, are we want to feel hurt. We want to feel sorry for ourselves. We want to be startled. We want to be mad. It's all reactionary. Joy may not be your initial reaction, but again, joy is a choice that you're able to make through the power of God in your life. No matter what the trial, when we live to honor God, we will experience him. And through God, joy becomes our ultimate attitude no matter what's happening around us. The walls can be falling down, but when we know where our foundation is, it's going to be okay. I want to tell you a secret. All things will pass. That was something my granny said too. So I kept hanging out with her because she said, all things will pass. Now they may get to a bursting point. And, and you think it's just unbearable, but it will pass. And just when you think you can't take the pressure of that trial anymore, it reaches a breaking point. Watch how this ends. Nice. You see how that, the first half of that was still a reflection of him? Little little balloon on the nose. It does almost looks like it's snowing. You know, trials are going to pass, and, and all things come to an end. And so, I guess the big question is, how does joy become our ultimate attitude when we're facing trials? Because when trials come, we can't just rely on our feelings. When you rely on your feelings, they get you in trouble every time. You rely on things beyond your feelings. We have to give consideration for what God has asked us to do about what's happened. Count it joy. We need to lead our minds and our attitudes and our actions in God's direction during trials. It's almost like exercise. Who likes to exercise? Yeah, me neither. You guys were like, eh, I had more people want to stand up for trials than people are like, ooh, I exercise. That's me. It's like exercise. Look at verses three and four again. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You see, faith is kind of like a muscle and and it's like a muscle that needs to be exercised and it needs to be worked in order for it to gain strength. The less you use faith, the easier it is to lose it. When we're facing trials, we need our faith muscles to be strong. When we exercise our faith daily, we're able to know that no matter what comes our way, we will develop endurance for times of trial, for big deals. Job was a faithful man long before Satan was allowed to sift him. As a matter of fact, Satan even said to God, this is my paraphrase, Job is only faithful to you because you have blessed him. And God said, no, Job will always be faithful to me. 
go ahead, test him. And Satan tested Job. And even Job's wife at one point told him, just curse God and die. And Job refused to do it. Because Job's faith was a muscle that he worked out every day before those things happened. Job had faithful endurance. On that note of praying for things like patience and stuff, don't pray for faithful endurance because you will get the opportunity for trial after trial (laughs) after trial. Um, Don't pray for the the strength of Job or (laughs) the faith of Job because you'll get opportunity for it. Endurance means that we are unswerving from God's purposes. When we show our loyalty to him in the trials and, and, and with joy, no matter what's going on, you know what? We may be sad at our basket full of lemons and we're just holding it. It just keeps filling up and all I'm getting is these stupid lemons. And the trial may just be wrapped around us, maybe suffocating. And we're going to feel that we're so weary that we can't go on. But God promises endurance in his people when we are faithful. We, we like to use church words for that endurance. We call it perseverance. Or steadfastness, that is God developing our spiritual muscle and our resolve to stand firm no matter what's going on because we can lean on Him. So how do we consider it pure joy in the middle of a trial? We can do that by knowing God will do what He says He will do. Trials aren't necessarily a test of your personal strength or of your biblical wisdom or what you know. They test your faith in God that He is going to see you through because He said He would. God is with you. He is developing staying power in you. In Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15, Jesus tells a story about the different kinds of soil. You can look that up and read it later on this week. You see, in that story, many people hear the word, but in the end, the only seed that was fruitful was the seed that endured in the soil, that took root. If you're ever going to bear fruit in your life as a Christian, then perseverance and staying power are not optional. You will have to develop these and you will have to strengthen these things as you go along and strengthening your faith. What does that mean for us? That means that when you have a problem with somebody at church, you can't just, you know, walk away because of a disagreement. You need to stay and you need to work through that issue. When you don't see eye to eye with somebody in your family, you can't just kick them out. As easy as that would be. (laughs) Perseverance, strength, foundation, faith. Those things happen when we dig deep. Because trials are going to come and they're going to be like that water balloon smacking you in the face with all of its suffocating blow. If you're truly being tested, remember this. You are a child of God, so you have faith. And your faith is worth developing and it's worth refining and it's worth strengthening. God will strengthen you and he will prepare you, but you have to do the workout. And just showing up here on Sunday morning doesn't count as the workout. You've got to do the workout. You have to study his word. You have to spend time with him in prayer and in daily worship. You've got to do the workout. And if you do that, you will have the assurance of the presence of God during the pressures and the trials in your life. Warren Wearsby said, if we live only for the present and forget the future, then trials will make us bitter, not better. You see, if we're only living for the present, trials will make us bitter. But we know that our future is in Christ. Our future ultimately is in heaven. And when we, when we know that, our trials will make us better. Our trials will give us opportunity to reach out to other people. Our trials will help us change the community around us. That's, what in, that's where endurance comes in. Endurance takes time. It's not something that just happens. Endurance takes day after day action. It must be guided by God or it won't do its job. Endurance will be incomplete if you just leave it to itself. 
But if you work out, if you do your spiritual exercises, so to speak, we will be able to allow endurance to shape and mold us so that our faith will be strengthened no matter what comes our way. Wilbur Nelson once said, when I see the magnificent Golden Gate Bridge, I remember that an engineer must take into account three loads or stresses when designing bridges. They're the dead load, the live load, and the wind load. The dead load is the weight of the bridge itself. The live load is the weight of the daily traffic that the bridge must carry. And the wind load is the pressure of the storms that are going to beat on that bridge. You see, the designer plans for bracings that will enable the bridge to bear all of these loads. But what does that have to do with experiencing God through the pressures of trials? Pretty much everything. Wilbur goes on to say, in our lives, we need bracings which make it possible to carry the dead load of self. Those bracings are sometimes our accountabilities with one another. We also need bracings for the live load of daily living. Those, those things that come up unexpected. The heavy traffic of hurt or trials in our lives. And then we also need bracings for the wind load. The emergencies that happen that we just weren't expecting. And when we place our trust in Christ, He gives us the strength we need to withstand the various stresses and trials of life. He gives us a usefulness. He gives us a stability during the winds of trials and the durability to withstand the storms of life. The question that needs to be answered is this. Where do you find strength during the trials in life? Do you turn to the temporary comforts and the the bracings of the world and your own wealth and strength? Or do you find strength knowing that you're dependent on Christ for helping you to carry the dead load of self, the live load of daily living and and the wind load of emergencies in your life? As we come to our response time today, will you consider just how you will endure the trials of life? Maybe for you, the first step to enduring the trials of life is to submit to Jesus through baptism. Maybe there's something that you've been carrying around and you just need to let it go and leave it with Christ. You need to repent from it and turn away. The elders are here. They'll be glad to pray with you and offer wisdom and accountability to help you through whatever that is. Maybe for you, it's just time for you to partner with us to to be a bracing, if you will, to Huntsville Christian Church as we uh, strengthen our accountabilities with one another and and come alongside others in our community who are going through trials so that we can be that reflection. Whatever your response is to God this morning, remember, the trials that we go through will be nothing like the trial that Christ went through so that we could be forgiven of our sins and spend eternity with Him in heaven. Will you please stand and sing with us and Respond accordingly. It's been great to worship with you all the day, but now it's time to go. As you go this week, you will face trials, but remember this. A $5 bar of steel, when it's made into horseshoes, is worth $10. If the same bar of steel is made into needles, the value goes up to $350. And if the same uh, $5 bar of steel is made into delicate springs for expensive watches, it becomes worth more than $250,000. That same $5 bar of steel is made more valuable by being cut into its proper size, passed through one blast furnace after the other again and again, hammered and manipulated and beaten and pounded, finished and polished until it's ready for those delicate tasks. Sometimes it's the trials in life that we need to truly experience God. Have a great week.